Hello, hello, hello. I'm your host, Drew. And I'm BJ. This is the Lowdown Sports Show, where we get the lowdown on all things basketball. This show is streamed live on Facebook at fb.gg slash thedrewly. This channel is partnered with Gamer Advantage, Artesian Builds, Canva, and Public. Gamer Advantage is the first clinically proven lens to stop the suppression of melatonin so you get a better night's rest. They also offer prescriptions. Get yours today and use code THEDREW at checkout. Artesian Builds is ready to build your next PC live on Twitch and have it shipped to you within a week. Get up to $100 off by visiting their website and using code THEDREWLEAGUE at checkout. DM them and they'll optimize based on your budget. Canva makes design amazingly simple and fun. Create stunning designs with your photos and videos, even if you're not a design expert. Whether you need an Instagram story, logo maker, or birthday invitation, create all these graphic design needs and more on Canva. TeePublic is the world's largest marketplace for independent creators to sell their work on the highest quality merchandise. Check out the merch through the shop link on this page and support this podcast. Today, we are guestless. And it is me and my guy BJ in here in the studio today, ready to get down on everything around the association from WNBA to NBA to NCAA. We're going everywhere today. BJ, BJ, how are you feeling, man, first off? Well, Drew, I'm feeling great. I'm glad that uh, I did well enough that you asked me to come back for this episode. So uh, I know we got a lot to get into, and and I think that... uh, we got a lot of good stuff to talk about, um, as you know, Drew, and, and hopefully a lot of uh, those that are listening and watching know. Uh, today started the first day of free agency in the WNBA, and already we've had some big name players that have decided to, you know, see if the grass is greener in a new city. But before we get into some of the big names that have moved on to a different location. We're going to talk a little bit about a uh, big-name player that has decided to uh, sign a multi-year deal and stay with her current team, and that would be um, when the local interest, of course, Alicia Gray and the Dallas Wings and how important she is to the Wings as, as they still try to get you know back to their playoff ways as they are in a mini-rebuild right now. Drew, how important is that re-signing for the Wings as they – look to try to get back to uh, you know a playoff appearance next year. Yes, my man, on the WNBA side of things is where we're kicking it off, you guys. You know, Alicia Gray is a significant re-sign for the Dallas Wings. You know, she was the third leading scorer for the team last year. You know, she made a big impact. It was one of her best seasons in the WNBA. Um, she had not only the best plus minus on the team, but she had the only plus minus that was positive on the team, BJ, believe that or not. Wow. Uh, she was the second most efficient three-point shooter on the team behind Marina Mabry uh, at th- 35.2%, behind only Marina Mabry, who was at 41.8% shooting from the three-point line. Uh, she held the team best 108.8 offensive rating, which ranks 12th in the WNBA in, uh, in 2020, this past season. Uh, she's the most efficient shooter on the team uh, this past season from the field. At 46.4%. Those are all the reasons that, you know, just from, you know, an on-court standpoint that you want to bring Alicia Gray back and why it was a good decision. You want to bring her back also because she is a good 
person. You know, she's about her business. She's not anything uh, that's going to, she's not any person that's going to be causing any problems, you know, for the team or anything. She's out there. She gets her business done. You know, she stays on her own, you know, in her, you know, her space. She doesn't start any drama out there or anything. She's just Alicia Gray. You know, she likes the game. She likes to hoop. It's that simple. And, you know, uh, she's become a leader recently. And, you know, she does it by example mostly. She's been, she's, uh, she's come on to the, you know, the talkative role as far as leadership goes. But still, more more doing it by action than than anything, you know. But it's a good signing for Dallas, you know. You got to bring back your third leading scorer. Why, why, why let him go? Uh, especially on her best season, a former Rookie of the Year, a lot of potential there. Uh, so you know, definitely worth worth keeping, man. Uh, Absolutely. It was a good move. Greg said it was it was their priority this offseason was to re-sign Alicia, and you know they've they've put that in the books now. She didn't seem to indicate that she wanted to go anywhere else, did she? No, no, not really. You know, you know, people just, you know, sometimes you suspect it just because, you know, the monies might be out there, the potential for a championship might be elsewhere. Yeah. But, you know, this is where she yeah. wanted to be at the end of the day. She's never wanted this, you know, wanted a, a trade or suggested that she didn't want to be here. So, um, you know, it kind of wasn't surprising. So, you know, it, it's, it's good that, you know, she decided – she wanted to stick around and help things out. Absolutely. And try and test things out with the new head coach. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, you're speaking of uh, she could have gone to a, a different team and would have given her a better chance at winning a championship. Well, another team, you know, let's see. I mean, defending champion uh, Seattle Storm, you know, they got a, a big name coming back and Sue Bird uh, reportedly doing a multi-year deal. But uh, Alicia Clark is heading off uh, – Reportedly agreeing to a multi-year deal with Washington. Uh, how big of a switch is that going to be for Seattle in their their quest for a third straight? Well, I mean, she was a big part of you know their defense and you know what what helped bring them to a championship aside from you know what their offensive arsenal can do. But you know their defense was pretty dominant out there. You know, and she was you know was the first team All Defense player. So you know that's going to be missed. In, in any lineup, but it, it's big that she's leaving there, and it's big that she's joining the former champs out there in the Washington Mystics. They've mm-hmm. they've lost some pieces, but you know, bringing in you know an all defensive player and a player like Alicia Clark, uh, you know, it's it's going to help out the the former champs big time. They'll be able to fill those small voids with you know just that player alone and maybe another one. And uh, you know, Tina Charles will be playing this time around. EDD coming back, yeah. more than likely. Uh, we don't know, uh, but you know, it makes the former champs look like they can they can get back at it with that other that other piece that was a part of another championship. Yeah, absolutely. Would you rank that as right now as one of your biggest uh, you know switch ups in terms of players leaving for a different team so far on day one, or uh, if you had to name somebody that was a bigger kind of splash deal, who would you say? I think she's one of the top ones for sure. Uh, you know, there's a number of players who, you know, jumped ship this offseason so far. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she would definitely be up at the top. So, like, uh, players like Candace Parker to Chicago, uh, McBride to, you know, Minnesota, uh, Chelsea Gray to Las Vegas, Clark to Washington, as we say, uh, Laney, New York, and uh, Powers, uh, Minnesota. And, you know, if I had to give him a top five, I think Clark is number one. Uh, just because of 
the team she's going to and the type of player that she is, like a team that's already been to a championship recently, haven't lost anything major to prevent them from going back. They have the type of players that can bring them back. Veterans, MVPs, plural, former in Tina and in EDD. Uh, EDD being Elena Deladon, for those that don't mm-hmm. know. Um, and, you know, just adding a defensive presence like that makes them, uh, you know, all the more ready to come back and just, you know, push for it. And the type of player that, you know, Maisha Hines-Allen became to be uh, this past season where she got to play uh, a lot more than normal. You know, adding that to, you know, what they've got coming back, it's going to be nice. It's 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 a great addition. The law, I think the, the losing her from Seattle part is more of a loss than a win. Not that the win is not a lot. Yeah. You know, for, for the Mystics, but it's significant for a team like Seattle. Absolutely. You mentioned a couple of players uh, either have moved on from Vegas or, or have signed from Vegas. What do you, which one would you say is, is more important for Vegas, that they lost out on Kayla McBride, she went to Minnesota, like you said, or that they added Chelsea Gray from the Sparks? Uh, I think it's kind of a – I think it's kind of a push – Okay. You know, because you know Chelsea. Chelsea's a dynamic player, but you know when you when you add Liz Cambage back, like how much, how much uh, Chelsea Gray, how much of how much does she get to be Chelsea Gray when all of these players are back? You know mm-hmm. when you know the MVP Asia Wilson, you know is taking over, getting her touches. Liz back, getting you know what touches she needs. Uh, Angel McCautry without McBride there, supposedly wanting probably more touches. Uh, and, you know, you know, type of player that, you know, Gray is, she needs to be with the ball a lot. But, you know, she could toss it into those bigs. It could be significant. I think it, I think it's good, but I don't, know, I don't know that, you know, McBride leaving is more because they still have Angel, you know. So, mm-hmm. and, you know, she did her thing last year and helped them get to those finals. Um, so, uh, maybe Gray a little bit more than the McBride loss, just because she's a better player individually. It moved the needle a little bit more so than losing McBride because you had McCautry at that position. Well, not only Gray, but like you said, Candace Parker going from the Sparks to Chicago. What do you see for uh, L.A. this year now, losing two big-name talents like that? Uh, L.A., I mean, I don't see anything too bad. Um, you know, because they were, they still got NECA out there, mm-hmm. you know, former MVP and herself, and, you know, Christy Tolliver coming back. So, there's a lot of potential still for L.A. Like, you know, obviously Candace Parker was a franchise player for a long time and an MVP champion. Um, but, you know, just things were, weren't working out with her around the Derek Fisher era. So we mm-hmm. kind of all saw this move kind of coming. Uh, Los Angeles Sparks, I don't know that they're going to be any better uh, with the loss of Candace Parker. Anybody, you know, who knows, you know, like who Candace Parker is, is going to say no. And I say no, too. Uh, yeah. They won't be. Yeah. Uh, so we'll just have to see. It's kind of a toss-up. I don't know what the Sparks are going to look like. Yet. I'll have to let the rest of the offseason play out. But they'll, they'll do something to fill out what uh, – Whatever they need, whatever voids they need. Absolutely, you know. absolutely. Um, so I think it'll be okay. Which uh, uh, which which free agent that still has not yet signed? Are you expecting to be the next big name that will either 
uh, resign or go somewhere else? Are you thinking like Cambridge or, or, uh, or who are you thinking? Oh, Cam Bates is already, you know, signed back with the Aces. Okay. But, you know, I, I, don't, I don't know all that all that there's going to be too many free agent signings uh, just yet. It might be – you might see more trade. The big trades happen and the big moves happen first, and then, then the other players find their teams with, you know, uh, the availability depending on who went where instead of trying to go somewhere first when those other teams are trying to nab a big-name star somewhere else. You know. Some a lot of people were, you know, re-signed, and that's kind of what today began. Since it mm-hmm. became free agency day, people were signing. What was going on? So it was just a lot of things that have been reported over the last, you know, week or so that just were was inked today. Mm-hmm. Uh, nothing really happened today that I saw that was that was major. There was just there was some minor news. Hamby re-signed with the Vegas uh, Aces, which is really big. Uh, you know, former Six Woman of the Year, definitely. You know, mm-hmm. coming back is. A huge impact. I think it would have hurt them, you know, more so definitely losing Hamby than them losing McBride if they would have lost her. Uh, uh, Natasha Cloud, uh, her status is still up in the air about the return to the Mystics. Uh, report earlier from Christina Williams said, just check back on that. Uh, DT resigned with the uh, with the Mercury, Mercury today. Yeah. Yeah. Jontel Lavender, multi-year deal with the Fever today. Yeah. So those were all. Oh yeah, yeah. Those were all really the things that happened today. Some signings. You know, nothing. Nothing big went down today. You know, most might have expected. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll see. You have an early favorite after day one of free agency, or you're just gonna have to just wait and see how everything else shapes out before you're gonna make a speculation. Uh, I don't know. I don't know right now. You know, you got to think right now that it's Vegas, you know, to go back. Mm-hmm. You know, you added Chelsea Gray and you get Liz back. Yeah. You, know, you think there's no reason they should be back. So probably them at the moment on paper. Um, or, you know, depending on, you know, what Emma Mieseman does. You know, that that's the other. That's the other for you. And you got to know where she's mm-hmm. about to go, whether she's going to stay in Washington or whether she's going to move on. Uh, somewhere else. That is a good question. Yeah. Uh, I did forget about it. Um, but that, that is one left that is definitely an eye to keep on. Someone to keep an eye on. Um, but yeah. Yeah, man. Lots of lots of interesting yeah. stuff going down on day one. And I mean, that there's been a pretty pretty comprehensive look in terms of what uh, what we were talking about before the show started in terms of you know, players to watch out for and everything like that. So it will be interesting to see when the, the season starts up. Um, and that's supposed to be uh, coming up here in just a couple months from now. And that April. Oh, uh, it's it's usually uh, May. OK. Um, um, I was doing a list earlier about the top five you know, okay. moves. I, I never mm-hmm. finished. OK. Uh, you know, I had Clark at number one. Number two, I'd say is CP3, you know. Just the impact, you know, her and, you know, Courtney Vandersloot on the same team, you know, both were MVP candidates this past season, both dynamic players, both great passers. Uh, Sloot, you know, an all-time great passer. You know, Candace, same for her at her position. Uh, you know, just putting that veteran situation and all those good young players and Diamond Shields, you know, mm-hmm. Courtney Van, or uh, Allie Quigley. 
and you know all all different players that are, are developing. Stephanie Stephanie Dolson out there, veteran player. You know, it's gonna be it's it's gonna be good for the Chicago Scott to have, you know, Candace Parker. Um number three is Benaja Laney. Uh, her moves in Liberty is nice. You know, you know, you got Sabrina coming back, her coming off, you know, a great season, uh, much improved. Her, she wasn't the most improved player, but her weight, she was. She was the most improved player and had, you know, a great season. Um, you know, so I think that helps out a Liberty team that was at the bottom of the ranks this past season. You know, they were young, but, you know, um, she is a player that can, you know, really help them on the offensive end of things. Um, and number four, McBride going to Minnesota. That gives them an extra shooter out there in Minnesota. Makes the team, you know, a little bit deeper. Uh, helps them out. You know, Colliers, Sylvia Fowles coming back. Fowles coming back healthy is more significant, but it still helps a decent bit for, for her to be able to come back and, and help out offensively on that side of things. And finally, Chelsea Gray. Uh, you know, there was already a good team. You know, they went to the finals without both uh, Elizabeth Cambage and, you know, the addition of Chelsea Gray now without those players. So, like, they're already a, a top team. So, like, it's still a good it's still a good addition for sure. But I think those others are more significant than the, than the, than the Chelsea Gray moves. So that's why I've got her uh, in the final spot. All right. Well, good deal. Good talk. I mean, I think that was a pretty comprehensive overlook at uh, everything that happened today, if I don't say so myself. And uh, I mean, I'm, I'm excited to see what uh, what the season has in store coming up here in May. It, it should be interesting. There'll be a lot of different uh, players and, on different teams that, than we're used to seeing. We got some comments in the in the stream over here. Hello. Uh, who do y'all think makes it to the WNBA Finals and wins it? BJ, who you got? Well, I think you made a good point about um, you know Vegas. If they can stay healthy, I think uh, the Aces have to be the early favorite based on the moves they made. Okay. I'd agree probably right now, especially with the, uh, the news, you know, not too long ago about Alyssa Thomas having a lower leg injury. I uh, don't know what that's going to do as far as her effectiveness going into the season, what that timetable is. Yeah. And just seeing, you know, if Liz is playing next year and, you know, Chelsea's playing next year, what that Vegas team looks like with all those stars over there. So I think it's it's got to be Vegas right now. Absolutely. Uh, Carvin says Candace Parker is going to be MVP this next season. Hmm, my take right there. That's take. A, that is a hot take. Got to get some milk for that hot take. Candace Parker for the MVP next year. Very it'd, be nice, it'd, be, it'd be nice for her. She, I mean, she was in the conversation this year, so it's yeah. possible, you know it's possible. Yeah. You know. You never know. Absolutely. You never know. But uh, that's going to be it for our bit of WNBA delving for today. And we'll see what free agency brings us as the rest of the week goes on and the rest of free agency goes on in itself. Uh, but and now it's time to delve into some NCAA. Some basketball went on tonight, and BJ, who went down in Duke's contest tonight? Uh, it was the Blue Devils. That's their fourth ACC loss already at this point, Drew. They are now about oh, just just uh, oh. Oh, they're two and a half games back of Virginia. Uh, 
my Blue Devils, man. <laughs> I was about to say, I thought you were I thought you were a Longhorn guy. You can't really. Claim. I am a Longhorn. <laughs> you can't. Can you claim multiple teams in multiple different yes. conferences? <laughs> yes, you can. You can. You can well, do I, these things. Yeah, and 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 that's another Cook thing. Them, <laughs> with um, you know, with COVID this year, uh, the younger teams that didn't get to you know have all the the time in, in the preseason to mesh together and everything like that. You've seen, you know, the younger teams like Duke and Kentucky, and, and we'll talk more about them uh, here in just a moment. But those teams that are so reliant on, on like one, one and dones have not really gotten off to good starts. And, and maybe if they're trying to figure things out now, it might still be a little bit too late. That's a, you know, an interesting question for Duke. Uh, they had just gotten back, couple wins in a row over uh, Georgia Tech and Clemson who are are kind of you know they're getting there they're they're being more competitive than they have been in recent years but Duke went down Miami and and uh, was leading a halftime and let the Hurricanes come back and get just their third win of the year in the ACC so it's 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 one of those that you know in any other year it wouldn't be you know the worst thing in the world because you know a two-point road loss isn't going to keep you out of the NCAA tournament in most years in conference play and it's a good you know court storming opportunity if you will for an unranked team of course Duke is unranked this year which is so weird to me that we're living in this you know this season where you know got the Blue Devils not ranked you've got North Carolina and Kentucky not ranked in fact Drew I think I saw a stat it was like the first season in like 60 years where the three, all three of those teams were not in the top 25 in the same year. So it's just really? unprecedented. Yeah, unprecedented in terms of how consistently good those teams have been that this year is just the anomaly. It's been crazy to see because you never, you know, when you look out there, you don't look at, you know, a Duke being around 500 or below yeah. it. You know? yeah. and, a, and a Kentucky team that's virtually, so, you know, you know, horrible to watch, you know, sometimes. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, it's when, just like. When, Wendell Moore has been a, a good uh, bright spot for the Blue Devils thus far. I mean, he had 18, 6, and 3 in their loss at Miami tonight. But, uh, I mean, they've got, I mean, they've still got to figure out a way to turn things around if, if they want to, you know, if they don't want to be heading to the NIT. Uh, you know, they've got a couple of interesting tests coming up next uh, next up is uh, North Carolina on Saturday. So already we get the Tobacco Road rivalry there. Um, mm-hmm. But they've got, you know, looking ahead, they've got, uh, you know, Notre Dame, NC State, Wake Forest, and then they got Virginia Tech, or not Virginia Tech, rather, but uh, the Cavaliers. You know, you've got to go, I think you got to go at least 3-1, and 4-0 and in that stretch going in to give yourself some positive momentum before the Cavaliers come to town because otherwise there's just no way that that team is going to be gelling and clicking enough to to pull off the upset. Uh, how much faith do you have in the Texas Longhorns this year? Uh, you know, I mean, Texas has been one pretty consistently good. Um, you know, just looking back past couple of weeks, they're, you know, one of the three teams that were in the top 10 in the Big 12 and none of them are named, you know, the Kansas Jayhawks. Uh, so I always enjoy when that happens. Uh, but, you know, Texas has had a, you know, they had that game against Kentucky that they weren't able to play. 
because of COVID on Saturday. But I'm, I'm thinking back, you know, they had the one point loss to Texas Tech, which is not a bad loss. They lost to Baylor, but everybody else that's played the Bears has so far. They've got, you know, and then the Oklahoma, who has beaten three top 10 teams in a row and moved themselves into the top 10. I don't think they're, you know, Texas is struggling by any stretch of the means. You know, they've had a, a real tough stretch, uh, you know, but still at number six in the country, you got to like where you are at this point. And, uh, right. you know, so I, I think Texas legitimately has a, a good chance, you know, to, they're two and a half back of Baylor. So, you know, they're going to have to beat Baylor and they're going to have to hope that either Oklahoma or, you know, what maybe a West Virginia knocks off Baylor as well. Bear, the Bears are, are really good, though. It's, it's going to be tough to, to win, even on your home court, against the Bears this year. And I really wish that we'd gotten to see that uh, Gonzaga-Baylor matchup. That would have been so much fun. You know what I think it is? What? I think it's Shaka Smart's hair. <laughs> I think it's Shaka Smart's hair. I think they were he playing hard. He's bald for so long, and now he's got these... <laughs> He's nice curls now. Yeah, and, I was about you know, to Texas say, I, is out here winning a top team in the NCAA after, you know, being a fringe, you know, make the tournament team. You know, if they make it, you know, their first round out been a lot of years, you know, since he's been there. Or, you know, they might slip up and not make it. Um, and now he's coming in with this nice hair and they're hooping. I think, I think they're Believe playing. Believe it or not, it could yeah. be something that is a part of this mystery that is the good Texas Longhorn. I think they're playing hard because, you know, Shaka had just, he'd been battling a pretty serious case of COVID. So I think they were, you know, oh, legit. Really? Like, yeah. yeah. Uh, he, I think he has, I think he's recovered enough that he'll be back for their next game, if I remember right. But he was, he had some pretty serious symptoms from what I remember reading. Oh, so hopefully that he's all right. Yeah, big shouts to Shaka. Hoping he is definitely beating that. Did not know. Yeah, so as of as of right now, Drew, Texas is right now a uh, projected two seed if they continue to do things uh, really well. And right now they're of course, you you know that all the uh, all the NCAA tournament games will be played in Indianapolis this year. So it doesn't really matter in terms of seeding or 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 which region you're in, Um, but they're right now projected a two seed so they keep keep up winning ways and and uh, you know i mean they could i it's gonna be tough for them to climb higher than a two though because of how good baylor is and how good i mean gonzaga i don't think is losing villanova is is on a roll and then you know right now michigan's in that uh fourth number one seed but uh that they've got covid cases they're off for another week and a half so we'll see I saw those two games. Saw two of those games that Texas lost: mm-hmm. the the Nova game and the uh, yeah. Tech game. The Tech yeah. game was sad for me because they were playing so well uh, early before the final, like two minutes of the game, and then they just crumbled from the last like minute and a half and just gate and like the game. Like the dude, he made. I think it was McLeod. He made a great you know shot to mm-hmm. you know put them up, but. They made a lot of mistakes to let them even be close or even have the opportunity to have a shot like that. You know, turnovers, you know, uh, you know, just sloppy play, giving up shots. And it oh. was just, it was bad. It was bad to see against Tech. 
You but better, Nova, be- Nova just was a better team that day. Yeah, you better you better make sure you got uh, any plans for tomorrow night cancel them because you got a top ten showdown six o'clock with the Baylor Texas matchup. It'll be oh. really fun to watch. Oh boy, yeah. Baylor and Texas. Who you got, BJ? Truthfully, <sighs> I mean, at at Austin, it's. Like I said, it, it, even with the home court advantage, it's going to be tough to beat Baylor. But yeah. if if Texas can, you know, find a way to capitalize on and you know regroup after that, you know, close game against Oklahoma, and then you know, uh, if they've you know healed up and, and are healthy from COVID, then I mean, I wouldn't be surprised regardless of who wins that game honestly both are really good teams and if i had to say one way or the other right now i'm taking baylor but i could be wrong and and you know i've been wrong before (laughs) i think texas is going to show up on their a game they're going to step up for this big game against the baylor bears they're going to come home with a w and they're going to secure that top two seed potential going into the ncaa tournament i mean they're going to maintain that or go higher yeah, I was gonna say you beat Baylor and you can go higher than a two. I mean, you, could it's, be it's, one. Could be one. Yeah, absolutely. I think either of those teams would be a great. They'd have to win out if they beat Baylor. Well, the schedule for them to win out is 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 very you know it's it it's 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 there. You know they've got mm-hmm. uh, they've got at Oklahoma another game that they got you know a chance to get some revenge. They got to beat West Virginia at home. They got to beat Kansas at home, and then they get another shot at, at Texas Tech uh, to close out the regular season. But I'm looking at, you know, other than tomorrow, they've got a very manageable slate. You know, where they don't have to win out necessarily to keep pace and, and momentum. But I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't think that any more than, you know, two losses in the the rest of the year would. Uh, would knock them down beyond a two. It would just make it hard for them to climb up to that one line. They beat Kansas by about 20 points. This yeah, they, that, they, domi- they dominated that. Uh, yeah, it was a 25-point win at Kansas. Uh, I think it was like right around the start of the year. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, not not the start of the year, like basketball season, but start of the 2021 as part of the calendar uh, right, and that was when Kansas was still top three team in the country, and you know it's it's just one of those things. It's like what has happened to Kansas? They've really fallen off this year, and you know their their right. their conference uh, championship streak is over. You know they got one last year, but then with everything COVID coming down the line, they didn't really get anything beyond that. So it makes you wonder if they've you know if they've been able to stay healthy or or if they're just kind of, you know, they're just trying to play and regroup for another tournament run. You know, us Longhorn fans deserve this. They deserve a good Longhorn men's basketball team and Kansas being a subpar team. Yes. It's usually it's us being inconsistent, you know, barely making the tournament or, you know, just not able to beat them in big games. Uh, no, so well, Drew, it Drew, feels good to yeah, have this script flipped. I'm I'm glad that you at least get the solid uh, 
get the solid feeling because as a TCU fan, when 60% of the conference is ranked and ahead of you, ah. it's 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 tough to win games. <laughs> it is tough to win games in the Big 12 year after year, regardless of how good or bad we are. You can't, you know, you can't tell me that we're going to go through and, and, you know, win, you know, 70% of our conference games when 70% of the conference is ranked. So, right. And um, man, it just feels—it feels so good. <laughs> he's just rubbing it in now. Is what he's doing. <laughs> hey, but hey, you know, you remember I got Duke as well, so I'm not playing yeah. the best. I, I was about to, I, was, I was about to say the yin and the yang. Which which would you rather have balance out? Where Duke's good and Texas is not, or Texas is good and Duke is not? Oh, I like Texas being good. <laughs> I, like I figured I, I figured you'd say that. Well, you since to, we were trying to put this evil on me, try to try to put me out here for the people. Don't hex me, Ricky Bobby. <laughs> oh, he's doing it. <laughs> well, Drew, uh, you know, over the weekend we were talking about Texas. They didn't get to play uh, the Kentucky game, but everybody else in the Big Twelve did get to play a, a team from the SEC. Um, did you watch any of the Big Twelve SEC Challenge over the weekend? No, I did not get a chance to catch it. Well, I mean, uh, I'll tell you. Fill me of- in. Yeah, some of the big results uh, from the weekend. Tennessee looked pretty dominant in their win over Kansas. Baylor stayed undefeated, of course, as you know, with the, a pretty convincing win over Auburn. Um, Texas Tech went on the road, picked up a good close win at LSU, who's another good team. Arkansas fell in a close one at Oklahoma State. Uh, but Florida went into West Virginia. Got a, a uh, close road win. Missouri, it took them overtime uh, at, on their home court, and they were able to hold off the pesky frogs of TCU. But, um, <laughs> you know, but Alabama uh, went on the road and lost at Oklahoma, Oklahoma's third top 10 oh. win in a row. So, you know, so SC- is Alabama for real for you? I, I think they're the best in the SEC. And the SEC looks pretty good. I mean, you know, they they went out and won five of the nine matchups. And I think it would have been an even 5-5 split had the Texas-Kentucky game been played, personally. But, you know, there were some good teams that, um, that played and, and won. But, I mean, I still think the Big 12 was better, even though they didn't win as many games. Because you look at the... You look at the overall results. Missouri is a ranked team, and it took them overtime to, you know, and two 30-point scores to beat TCU. You know, Florida going in on the road and, and getting a win at West Virginia, that's a nice one for them. But, um, you know, LSU, Arkansas are kind of up there and, and um, you know, just a few games back of Alabama, and they both fell. Alabama fell. I think they're, you know, they battled and kept it close, so I still think they're a good team. Um, I just don't know how good the SEC is in general. I think I think Tennessee is good, uh, based especially on what they did against Kansas, and you know sent them even more reeling. But I, I mean Alabama has started off undefeated through the first half of conference play. I don't know if they're going to finish conference play. I'm going to say no because that's there. You know. Nine nine games and they got to go through LSU again. They got to go through Arkansas. I think they've got another matchup with uh, Florida and Tennessee even. 
Um, so I think they're going to slip up at some point, and it may not even be one of those teams. It might be if they've. I think they've got a game at Auburn. I'm going to double check on that. Um, but I think they've got a game at Auburn, and you know, rivalries like that, you never know what's going to happen. I mean, that could just as easily be an upset for you know the the Eagles uh, pulling that one off over the Crimson Tide. So I just uh, I don't think they're going to go through the rest of the the regular season unscathed, but I think they'll be the highest ranked team in the SEC in terms of, you know, seeding when it comes to the tournament right now, uh, bracketology wise, they've got Bama as a two seed. So I think that's going to slip. I think they'll fall. They'll still be a top four seed, but I don't think they're going to be up there on the two line when the season comes to an end. I do think they will be the, the SEC champs though. Okay. I'll, I'll double check on that and make sure on Bama's schedule real quick. But uh, it, it's it's definitely an interesting one for sure. Now I want to skate, you know, uh, from, you know, we over here talking about a lot of men's basketball and, you know, what, okay, before I, before I hop into that, what I want to <laughs> say, uh, will Gonzaga finally win the Natty this season? Do you think that is going to happen? You know, they got a dynamic freshman out there and Gonzaga is always the top team in the NCAA. Uh, when was the last year that they won the championship? They've never or won have... a championship. They, they play. Exactly. Yeah, they, exactly. They, they Will they cl- finally get it? They played close against North Carolina a few years ago and almost pulled it off. Uh, I don't know. I still think Baylor is the team to beat. And um, what if Baylor loses to Texas? Do you still think that? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Ooh, okay. I, I do. I really do. I, I think no matter what. Okay. I, I, and here's the thing, though, because you know Villanova is good. Uh, you got okay. Michigan. They've got COVID issues. We'll see how they look when they get back, and and if they show any signs of rust, the Big Ten is going to be real competitive. I think this is Gonzaga's best shot mm-hmm. in a while, but I just don't see them pulling it off i mean i i hope i'm wrong because i i love pulling for the mid-majors and and you know west coast conference has been you know they've been dominant for 20 years and it, mark few deserves a, a national title for all his hard work he's put up there in spokane i just i don't see it i just don't right not at this point mm. you think it's baylor okay I think it's Baylor, and I'm, and you know, there's still a lot, still a whole month for uh, to see, you know, change and, and change my mind. So, out of basketball, indeed, indeed. Now on, on to the women's side of the NCAA right now. You know, when we were talking about our Longhorns, speaking of these Longhorns, the Longhorns have a top prospect over here for the WNBA, and that's Charlie Collier over here averaging 21.4 points and 12.7 rebounds per game for the Longhorns this season. You know, it's she's been dynamic from the start. She, she was big game after big game in the beginning, 25 points, 44 points, 22 to start things off on the season. It's had multiple big games since. And uh, it's just crazy. And, you know, so, so refreshing to see as a Longhorn fan. Us having these dynamic teams and players, you know, a top prospect 
you know, from the Longhorns going over here. You know, I have a Longhorn prospect that digs back to my high school roots that went into the WNBA, Miss Stacy Stevens. Yeah. And, you know, talk about great Longhorn players and players in the WNBA. Dallas Wings a couple of seasons ago had Brooke McCarty-Williams. And I still have, uh, technically, Imani McGee-Stafford. You know, Longhorns in the W. You know, it's great to see on this end. And she's been dominating this year. Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, the Longhorns, you know, they've been, uh, you know, you know, top seeds in the uh, NCAA March Madness over the past few seasons. And, you know, it looks like, you know, around Sweet 16, you know, they got, they've got a chance to, you know, sneak in there. Sometimes they just don't make it or they don't even make the eight. Yeah. Um, don't know if that's going to be one of those seasons to where they they push past that threshold mm-hmm. and get that win this time. They, it's just, I don't know, because when you can't, when things aren't going well uh, to that top player, which they have some people that can put the ball in the basket, it just doesn't work as well when the beast that you feed the ball to that gets you 21 and 12 a game, you're not able to reach that as many times as you would like. So, like, when they play, so, like, games that she has struggled in this year, you know, the game against Texas A&M, uh, they made it really hard for her and did a lot of doubles. Yeah. You know, she only had 14 points. Uh, she, she did well in the beginning, but, like, you know, once you're, like, getting double teamed and, you know, teammates are, you know, it's kind of going away from you at that point because they can't even get the ball to you, uh, you know, it makes it hard for your team to, you know, lean on you as they usually do like they did in those first three games when you had 22-plus each game in a 40-piece. Yeah. But, you know, she hasn't had many of those games this season where she's been struggling. She has had a handful, though. Mm-hmm. But in the overall aspect of it, when you compare her to the other women of the game in the NCAA right now, going in this prospect, she is one of the top ones for sure. Well, on the subject of women's basketball, you're talking about Texas, but you and I have a, a personal D2 connection with, uh, of course, Amy ah. Commerce. How about the Those guys. Lion women on a roll, 8-0 in conference Lion play? Women. Hey, they pulled it out lately, man. I, yeah. was, I was able to listen in live to that last game, you know, without Coach Burton at the game, Coach Brown mm-hmm. taking over, yeah, taking sure. the reins, you know, apparently got some more players missing. I didn't know who those were specifically, but they were undermanned without yeah. their head coach, and they still got it done. In a typically hostile environment, as you know, oh, in Angelo yeah. State, they don't have the best record this season. Uh, maybe just a couple of wins, but it's you know Angelo's used to playing great basketball. And it's always it's always hostile, so it's yeah. good to get those road wins. You know, Drew, I I uh, you know person speaking from personal experience, I was on the other end of the dial for many a, a, a Lion road game at Angelo State. You know, picking yes, up two, two in one weekend, that's about the number that I can remember in like three or four years of being behind the spinning the dials, if you will, for those games throughout the years, going back to when we were still in school and everything like that. So that's, mm-hmm. you know, heck of an accomplishment that, uh, you know, two in one weekend. And it definitely, you know, seems to indicate that uh, this team, you know, you take away a, a fourth quarter collapse, you know, a couple of weeks ago, and this team's still undefeated getting ready for you know i think they've got uh they've got a very you know remain winning 
remaining schedule, they they could certainly go through the rest of this, you know, unscathed and and go into the uh, conference tournament. However, that's going to look this year as one of the there is teams only to beat. The, there is only one blip I see in that that could possibly ruin a perfect streak going to finish out the rest of the uh, season. Uh, yeah, I do know who that the is. Beast I'll... of Lubbock Christian. Yeah, two weeks from Rescheduled tonight. Rescheduled game. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, two I, weeks. That one, that one snuck in there between Oklahoma Christian and AM Kingsville. So that's <laughs> that's part of why I missed that. I'm excited Not for that. Not sure how many... Not sure how many games are going to be played by the Lubbock Christian uh, Lady Chaps over the next, you know, couple of weeks. But the Lions got four games. So, and uh, they're going to have two of those just, you know, uh, you know, a few days before they play Lubbock Christian. Yeah. You know, a back-to-back Friday, Saturday before and a then Monday a ro- meet and then, Lubbock and a road And a road trip. you got to go out there. You don't get them coming. Yep. You've got to go to Lubbock. Luckily, these games are at home, but still, it's still a back-to-back, and then they got to head out to Lubbock. So yeah. pretty much immediately after Saturday night, they're headed up to to Lubbock Sunday, get ready for prep uh, for Monday. Yeah, let me let me double check on that and see how many games are in between. I I can't imagine there's too many. You know, I think they've got. Let's see. It looks like they've got three conference scheduled, and then they've got uh, two non-conference. Uh, the in the day the like the friday and saturday before uh, or maybe it's the thursday and friday before uh that matchup they're still undefeated a, so so scanning this right now they've got t-dub at home i think they can mm-hmm. nab that easily yes kenny mcgee arena though in the back well not a back-to-back but on saturday uh Gonna be difficult, you know. Road, road, uh, road games are always difficult in some shape, form, or fashion. Yeah, like we yeah, said, yeah. even though even yeah. against a one or two win team. You know what I call Kitty McGee Arena, Drew? What? I call it the Fieldhouse of Denton. That's, I mean, Fieldhouse of Denton. Yeah, there's there, as much as I can remember, Lions have, for the most part done really well at t-dub i mean they've they've had some close calls for sure but they've always played mm-hmm. well and i'm i don't worry about that one as much i'll say that and their kingsville games are back-to-back those back-to-back mm-hmm. before a little christian like we talked about but they're at the yeah. they're at home in the mm-hmm. field house yeah. i know the away game little christian you know challenge for sure then back at home but then back on the road again Shortly Thursday, to go Saturday. Saturday to Oklahoma yeah. Christian. That's not too far. And then make their way really. back immediately to face Midwestern. They'll get, they'll get some revenge, I feel like. I, I don't. Hopefully get some revenge. Especially at home. but Especially at home. Yeah, like you said, the you know, so. there's one blip and that might be it. I mean, I still think they'll, you know, cruise through this, this slate and, and they'll I don't know how the conference tournament's going to work. I don't know if they know how the conference tournament's going to work this year, but however it is, I still still think they've got to be one of the favorites. You know, them, WT, LCU, are definitely I think the top three seeds. So we'll it should be interesting. We'll we'll see how it all shakes out here. You know, like you said, lots of basketball to play the rest of this month. Yeah, checking out the standings over here. Uh, they got them split up into three little divisions over here for 
for uh, alignment or for LSC basketball. Yeah, the little pods. A&M Commerce. Yes. Uh, A&M Commerce in the North Division. 2-0 in the division so far. And they got those. They got four more division games coming up soon, like we just talked about. Yeah, two T-Dub against T-Dub and, uh, and two against Oklahoma, Oklahoma Christian. Christian. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then they see one of the other undefeated West opponents that we talked about, Love Christian, who is 3-0 in the West Division. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Angelo State, 1-6 on the season. It's just... Um, still, like I said, I can't still tough that. in there. In their home arena, and it's a shocker to see because they are always dynamic. Yeah, they are always dynamic and always a threat in the Lone Star Conference. Actually, A&M International over here, eight and three on the season, four and zero in the how division. About, how about a glow up for the Dust Devils? How about that? Right, <laughs> right sitting atop over here. Yeah, on on Good a little streak. They're five and one at their house. Okay. Lions. Lady Chaps, uh, Buffs, and uh, Midwestern all undefeated at the house this season. I miss watching some Lone Star Conference basketball. Oh, I know. I know what you mean. Oh, man. (laughs) It's killing me. I'm looking to see if I can find any uh, updated information. They have not, you know, we're. We're about a month away from the start of uh, the conference championship time, and they have not posted any details. Oh, you know, oh yeah, la- they're, la- they're always la- relatively late about that. Last year, was that they were able to hold it in person in, in Frisco. Um, but uh, this year, right. I have no idea. They might they might give you a little Rona, Rona test with limited capacity for the Dr. Pepper Arena. That I, um, yeah. If they that, hold it there, because they had, there were times when there was, you know, uh, you know, issues in the past with leaking, which it didn't happen this past time, because you know we got to get those games in, but you know before there was a leak situation. I think it was 2019 when that happened. Yeah. But should be able to get those games at DP Arena. Well, it yeah. I, I, would, I, I would I would hope so. Um, I don't know. I mean, they they may be talking about a bubble environment and not allowing any fans in person. So, you know, especially if they're broadcasting everything, you know, it'll be interesting though. We'll, we'll see. I'm definitely considering wanting to go for sure. Yeah. Um, I don't know that I would be able to talk to, talk into my, talk my editor into doing it to where I could go for some, LSC Division Two coverage, and it'd be the only <laughs> coverage of LSC Division Two all season, <laughs> or not, or I'll just go as a fan. Either way, I'm fine because uh, I just miss watching the basketball. Well, I know what you mean. We'll we'll do one of those social distance tailgates outside the arena. <laughs> <laughs> Set up an iPad or something, hack some yeah. watch, watch the game. Get get this the cast going to the TV. <laughs> <laughs> See if I get some of those old emails to get the password for the Wi-Fi. <laughs> you got Man. it. All, you you got it all figured out. You yeah, I traveled figured. every year that I was covering it. Uh, so 18, 19, and 20 traveled to all turn every tournament. Oh my god! Walking, walking off the court with with Bree and Princess after. 
big game against Cameron in the first round years ago, man. Yeah. Oh, man. Was that, that was, going that was into this past to... season, going into the championship game. Yeah. Oh, man. That, that, year that, uh, that year that they played Cameron in the first round was the year that, for the first time ever, they were playing men's basketball at TWU, wasn't it? Yeah. That's right. That's right. All right, guys, we've had a quite long, you know, introduction to the show. Normally, we hit a break further than this, but we got we got into it this time, guys. We <laughs> so, but guys, we need to take a quick ad break here for just a few moments, and we'll be back shortly here on The Lowdown Sports Show. And we are back here live on the Lowdown Sports Show, guys. We have been talking about all things WNBA free agency. Candace Parker to Chicago Sky. Kelly McBride and Ariel Powers to the Minnesota Lynx. Chelsea Gray to the Las Vegas Aces. Benaja Laney to the New York Liberty. And Alicia Clark to the Washington all happening in the WNBA, my friends. And Alicia Gray re-signing with the Dallas Wings. All things NCAA. Our Texas Longhorns having a good season. Duke not having won so much. My blue Dallas. Kentucky not having the best season. Alabama, maybe the real deal, maybe not. And now, we are here for the NBA side of things, and we still later on, ladies and gentlemen, still got to play our with it or quit it game so make sure you guys are staying tuned for the rest of that game when it comes up but let's talk some nba bj yes sir drew um, i'm ready mr bj mr bj there's a lot yes, of things mr. going drew. on in the nba yeah we talked about this last time with josh when he was on the show um one one thing i want to get to initially and you would say this guy is maybe not playing his best basketball from what it seems like but his team is playing really well the utah jazz mm-hmm. are playing extremely well yes sir yes sir in this season bj why are they playing so well what is the difference in 2021 compared to 2020 well i mean you know and it's a funny thing because you know covid i mean donovan mitchell's been out for i think a couple games yeah and until just the other day when Jokic had to drop 47 to snap their 11 game winning streak i mean it's you know i I think they're finally, you know, they 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 look like world beaters in their two mm-hmm. their back to back wins over the Mavs. So right. I, you know, I personally I feel like they have, you know, kind of ascended and and fully, you know, almost healed up in terms of, you know, other than Mitchell, of course, uh, they're they're playing some of their best basketball right now. And when he comes back, it's just going to be one of those things. It's like. Wow, who saw this coming? Uh, right. You know, certainly, certainly not. You know, three weeks ago we weren't talking about Utah Jazz being, you know, near the top of the Western Conference. We, you know, we were talking about Phoenix. <laughs> that's, right. That's right. how far we've come. Is is you know right. Utah, you know, had that you go on an eleven game winning streak, people start talking about you. So um, definitely. Yeah, it's it's one of those things with um, you know they just. They suffered loss, so they're not number one right now, but they're just, you know, as of today, they were 
like a half game back, I think. Maybe, you know, one yes. full game. They are the half. They are half game back behind the Los Angeles Clippers, and yeah. you saw that you know for the season going on throughout its entirety so far for like at least the past. You know this is just happening recently to where this is changing on us. The Lakers were atop the conference, and now here they yeah. are sitting at number three. You know, a, a half game back of the you know the first spot. You know, not too far, but still they're I, not at the top right now. I I don't I at this point I wouldn't even really be remotely worried because, you know, there's different teams that play different amounts of games, and you know we may not have everybody finishing with the same number of games played. So it's it's going to be, you know, just just get to the playoffs and stay healthy, and then we'll we'll see who who should be number one and everything like that so i mean it's you know utah's on a roll the clippers have have been consistently hot and then i mean denver has really shot up out of nowhere you know we were talking about if they stayed healthy you know they were at 13 in our last episode now they've jumped up into the four spot so we weren't you know we weren't we weren't too worried about them you know they were figuring things out and so they've seemed to have really capitalized themselves as well and in a way, they're still trying to figure things out as they rank 21st in defensive efficiency. They still haven't gotten the defense yeah. figured out yet. Um, but offense is top five in the league now. Yeah. Uh, with, with Jokic playing his best basketball and, and, you know, everybody else, you know, playing their role. And they got Michael Porter Jr. back. They are fourth in the NBA in offensive efficiency. The Denver Nuggets, that is. Yeah. Um, the Jazz, the Jazz have been top. I think they were one of the only top teams, one of the only teams in the top five in both offensive and defensive mm-hmm. uh, efficiency uh, last episode. Yeah. Uh, so checking back with them right now, they are first or they are fifth in offensive efficiency, and they are fifth in defensive efficiency. So they are, you know, not only you know by the record, but you know by the numbers. When um, when you when you're top five in in both categories, it's going to be tough to to win consistently against them. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. You find very few teams that are that are in the top five in both. The LA Clippers are tied for first in offensive efficiency, and they're not top five though in defensive. So no, you, know, you would it's it's a it's a standout for the Utah Jazz up there because the Lakers mm-hmm. are not top five either no. in defensive. So, it's definitely something to to keep an eye on as far as the Utah Jazz. Um, Yeah, I have a feel. I have teams that you probably want to worry about, though. And you know, it makes uh, makes me sad because last time we talked about them, they weren't this far down. It's the Dallas Mavericks, man. Mm. They've lost their last five games. They're two of their last ten. Yeah. Two of their last ten. They've won yeah. two of their last ten games. Two and eight in their last ten. Yeah. And another, so. another another close one with Phoenix coming down to the wire as of tape time. So we'll, we, we'll we have Phoenix syndrome out here in Dallas. We've had it <laughs> even when Phoenix wasn't a good team. Yeah. Um, we yeah. just can't beat the Suns for whatever reason. But it definitely is not helping the slump that we were already in. You know, you know what it is, Drew? They put a hex on us after the Western Conference Championship uh, in 06 that we won. Ah, is it? <laughs> That's what it is. That's why we're doom, doomed, to, doomed to have 20 years of bad juju playing Phoenix. <laughs> I don't like that. 
That's that's the price for a Western Conference title at their expense. The Mavericks <laughs> sit at 13th currently in the Western Conference with an 8 and 12 record on a five game losing streak, winning yeah. just two of the last 10. Yeah, Drew. Not Drew, good. It, it's not good when your star player, Luka Doncic, comes out and says, it looks like we don't care, honestly. Oh, yeah. He's voicing. He's He will always say it if he's frustrated about a loss. He'll he'll yeah. say it whether it's specifically about him or, you know, whatever he feels about the team at the moment. He'll say it. He's, yeah. he's, he's still a positive guy, but he's not afraid to, you know, say what's, you know, what's on his mind. Yeah, Drew, and I know COVID is, has been a factor in, in how they've played, but, you know, it's it's – it still looks to me like, you know, they're still trying to find, you know, that right energy out there. I don't know if you've noticed yeah. that or not. And the the thing is, like, the things that you were trying to fix out in Dallas to make them them better was their defense. And yeah. and you're working, you're fixing the defense yeah. right now. Dallas actually, you know, in terms of offensive efficiency has gone down lately just because of their, their horrible losing streak going on in those yeah. five, five straight games. So they've, they've, plummeted down to tie for 19th in the league in mm. uh, defensive efficiency um, for offense they're they're ranked the same 19th in both spots that's not good no and no, they need to get it together not. and you know as good of a piece to the addition in the rotation that Maxi Cleaver is he shouldn't be the deciding factor or yeah. a big part of why you're winning or you're losing five straight games in your two of your last 10 games winning two of your last 10 games yeah. like yeah, I know. I know we were missing some players in those earlier losses, but we've had some players back. We're still not able to put it together and make things happen and create W's, turn them into W's. Yeah. Uh, Dallas, you know, it, you know, earlier in the season, you know, at least last episode when we were on here, they were a top ten team def- defensively. Yeah. With the, and they were looking okay, you know, staying afloat in the Western Conference as things were getting tough. But you know, lately they just just plummeted. Uh, and, and you worry about Dallas because it is the West. Uh, not a whole lot of time to just, regroup and, you know, and figure things out. Yeah, you know, you know, especially in such a loaded Western Conference when everybody's stacked up, and you know, yeah, it's just it's not it's not good. It's seven uh, and a half games back from the top. A lot of basketball to be played, but not a lot of time to figure it out. Yeah, Drew. Before we talk about a different team. What would you be willing to give up in a hypothetical trade for Bradley Beal if you're Dallas? Whatever you can. That's that's not Luca or Jalen Brunson. I think I think in order to get Beal, you'd probably have to part ways with Brunson. Okay. But uh, well, I yeah. mean, just I mean, whatever you can to still make things functional as long as Luca still has a competent backup, which. Yeah. You know, just you know, get rid of a couple of other players, you know, instead of Brunson, whatever. But, uh, you know, Timmy, Timmy would be gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, sure. You may be able to slide Maxi Kleber in the deal, yeah. uh, which, I mean, he would be a help in your deal in, some, in a pick or two, you know, for, for a package for Bradley Peel. Yeah. Uh, future top pick. Vinny Smith, probably. I don't know about that many players. So maybe you might get away with like a Tim Hardaway Jr. Max and Cleaver, Bronson. next year first rounder, and another pick for 2022, and you might be able to swing a Bradley Beal right there. Oh, that's um, not yeah, not bad. Well, I mean, if and you we, can. but yeah. you know, Bradley's he's a he's a he's a dominant player. He, even though he's never made an All Star team, 
he's still been a dynamic scorer, and we know we can do. Yeah. Uh, Speaking of, of teams that have uh, given up a lot in trades, how about the Brooklyn Nets? Brooklyn Nets, you know, we've seen a lot about them actually lately. That they're the best team on the offensive end, but literally the worst on defensive. <laughs> on the defensive end. Yeah. And they pretty much. You, are. you kind of saw that in their game against Washington just the other day. You know, eight, yeah. eight, you know, five point lead in ten seconds, and you lose. I mean, that's not. You see that six points in seven seconds by Bradley Beal and Russell Westbrook. Yeah. Six points in seven seconds. Yeah, that's not supposed to happen. <laughs> that's nice. That was crazy. Well, even still, with with all that, they're still eight and four since uh, you know in the past three weeks, and and six and three since they pulled off the Harden trade. So, yeah. uh, you know, would you say that they, you know, Harden, Kyrie, and Durant have kind of found their rhythm? Though, I mean, I think that they've, you know, they they've kind of elevated themselves up into the top two line now. Um, I mean, they yeah. even without Durant, they blew out Oklahoma City uh, the other week. Well, was, well, I mean, it is OKC. True, but true. you know, I I think they're finding a groove. You know, it's two you know former MVPs and you know one of the top point guards in the league. You know, and in the beginning, I was like, I was you know kind of messing around, but also a little serious. And you know, like you know, uh, you know, where's the ball gonna go? Like, how are they gonna you know be able to share this ball with these players who all all three need the ball? But you know. It's it's the the aspect of playing with a great player. It makes their play so much easier, and it seems like they can play play more freely. And you know they want to you know might pass it more because I can trust those those other guys to you know knock down the shots or, or get it done with the basketball. Yeah. Uh, so I think it's making them better in that way. But that defensive uh, that defense that you're talking about, they don't they don't have any they don't have any any bigs down there trading away Jared Allen, you Scott DeAndre Jordan. Yeah. You know, uh, Jeff Green sometimes, I think he starts at the center. Uh, so they need some bigs. They need to add to that defense, yeah. put some bigs down there. Because, yeah. uh, you know, if you're not a top, you know, te- top defensive teams, you know, win championships, the only time you really see a team that's like not top 10 winning a championship is if you're floating around like the 12-ish as far as defense goes, but you're like a number one in offense. Yeah, but if you're not if you're not at least a top fifteen team defensively, you can't win an NBA championship. Yeah, these days, exactly. You know, well, so yeah, they've got to get it together defensively, or they won't be able to win that chip, no matter how good they are yeah. on the offensive end. So you're not you're not telling me that it's just a formality, and we're just counting down the days until we get Lakers and Nets in the finals, are you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, you know, I really I'd rather you know, just in me, just to like get the monkey off his back for Giannis to finally break through and make the finals, you know, you know, you think, whether you think, or not he's the one to stop KD Kyrie and yeah. Harden from getting there, but he actually make it. I was going to say, can Philly or even Milwaukee win four out of seven in a series against them though? Maybe. I think Philly would have an advantage simply because who's going to stop and beat. They don't have the size That's true. to stop him right now. He would get like 40 and 15 against them. <laughs> he would yeah. do like 35 and 12 in a series yeah. at least, you know, yeah. and just dominate them because nobody could guard him. But, you know, Ben would be, ben would be able to, you know, limit the, you know, Kyrie and Harden at times, you know, and they got some yeah. people that can play defense. But uh, I think if anybody were to beat 
to to knock them out in the playoffs, and it wasn't the Milwaukee Bucks. It would be the It'd Sixers. Be Philly. Okay. Yeah. How about uh, Memphis on the rise? They've won six in a row. They've shot up Memphis, into a tie for fifth. Memphis got Ja back, you know, mm. so that's huge in in what they're doing here, and you know, staying at the top of the conference, getting some dubs. Yeah. Uh, Brandon Clark playing good basketball. Valanciunas is out, so they're missing missing him, but they've still won six in a row. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, once they get him back, it's going to be good. And, and soon, Jaron Jackson Jr. will be back in the fold from his injury. I've got him in fantasy, so I know this. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well when, so when you, when, yeah, when you're talking about five teams that are tied for fifth, and, you know, we were talking about this kind of with Dallas earlier, West is, is so tough in, in terms of playoff picture. It's going to be interesting to see how it all shakes out. And if Dallas doesn't start, you know, kind of, getting on the right upward trajectory it's it's going to be tough with memphis coming up on the rise san antonio they're they're still i mean they had won like three in a row until they fell on sunday and then golden state still competitive still up there in the in the top eight so one thing or a couple things to keep an eye on here mm-hmm. uh well one thing to point out and one thing to keep an eye on Okay. One thing to point out being that two of the teams that I didn't have in my top eight for the playoff race in the Western Conference are currently sitting there, and that's mm-hmm. the Grizzlies and the Warriors, both unexpected teams that are up there playing some good basketball. Yeah. And those teams that I had out are the the Mavericks, mm-hmm. or that I didn't have out that are, are the Mavericks and the Rockets. Yeah. And speaking of these Rockets are on a six-game winning streak right now, you uh-huh. know, and they're – Apparently, a top defensive team in yeah. the NBA since Harden left. Houston yeah. is now tied for second in defensive efficiency in the NBA. Look at Houston. They're still getting it together offensively, just 21, yeah. 21 in the rankings. But defensively, they're getting it. They've got yeah. a you know, most improved candidate in Christian Wood getting it done nightly. John Wall in rhythm. Oladipo finding rhythm, almost in rhythm now in Houston yeah. comfort zone. Uh, you know, so Houston streaking going yeah. into into the playoff race shortly. I'm sure. Yeah. One other team uh, I wanted to mention real quick. Uh, Atlanta had jumped up uh, into the sixth spot in the East. They they beat the Clippers. They look competitive in a close loss to the Nets. They look competitive in a close loss to the Lakers earlier tonight. They got a tough week ahead still with Utah and Dallas. So it's we'll see Hawks how they would fare. Be, the Hawks would be a number two team right now if Trey Young didn't struggle for like four games at random. Because yeah. he was destroying the league. He was going crazy. And then just like four straight games or something, he fell flat. Like barely had any points. Which is, it was just weird basketball. That was when they were coming out with the news about, you know, Trey Young running the offense and that drama with John Collins saying that he shouldn't be running it like that. Yeah. And they're literally only two games behind the Nets right now. Yeah. That's insane. So they would be the number two seed, at least, in the East right now, if not for that random Trey Young meltdown. Yeah. Because DeAndre Hunter, who is actually hurt right now, was playing is playing good basketball this season. Yeah. Uh, Gallinari was hurt, but he's back, so he's finding a groove. John Collins has been playing great. Capella has been playing phenomenal. And, you know, they're staring afloat while Trey was even struggling. So. Uh, and just uh, The uh, Hawks and- haven't even reached what potential they could get to. Yeah, and I was I was gonna say, and, and Trey Young, this third year, he's still you know not even twenty five. He's allowed to have you know a, a little mini meltdown, <laughs> trying to right. in that leadership role almost. So it's it's not even the worst thing in the world. 
And no real streaks going on in the Eastern Conference right now. The only there's only yeah. uh, two teams that have a multi-game win streak, and that's Sixers at the top of the conference at three in a mm-hmm. row, and the Hornets down at the bot at the eighth seed with uh, back-to-back wins. Yeah. Um, so this conference is you know right you know neck and neck in the games right over here, and uh, yeah. Uh, the Pacers are sitting atop with, you know, a lot of players playing good basketball. And yeah. the unfortunate, you know, uh, thing with Kyrus LeVert not getting to play, but, you know, going in for, I believe it was his physical and finding out he had some medical issues. Uh, prayers up for him yeah. and his recovery. Uh, but the Pacers playing good basketball, you know, in the early times when they had Victor Oladipo weeks ago, you know, Sabonis just playing crazy ball. Um, Celtics playing good basketball, Kimball Walker back. Uh, but, you know, things are still kind of neck and neck because, you know, teams are able to be surprised like that, you know. Uh, yeah. Heat getting healthy with Jimmy Butler, starting to win some, uh, starting to, you know, look better lately. Pistons haven't been playing well. Yeah. Uh, Wizards, you know, at random they'll play well like they did the other night. Um, but Raptors still not finding a groove. Knicks up and down. You know, Hornets kind of up and down. Cavaliers finding their way. Uh, so it's it's a lot around the NBA. That, you know, that's that's really close and uh, you know a toss up of what could happen over the next coming weeks or the next time that we talk about this again. Absolutely, Drew. Well, I think uh, I think that sound means that it's time for our favorite part of the show. Oh. <gasps> Are you with it or are you going to quit it? With it or quit it. We're in that segment of the show where we play a little game called with it or quit it. What is that game, guys? We have five questions, and typically we ask our guests what we are, the guests in the building today. So we're asking each other five questions. Are we with it or are we going to quit it? And, you know, we're ready to go. BJ, you want to go first? You want to you know what I think would be fun? We, we let's do a you know kind of like back and forth. So we'll, we'll, we'll okay. go through okay. the ten. So I'll go ahead and I'll, I'll go ahead and ask you my first question. Okay. So my first question to you is NBA related. Okay. Do you see the Utah Jazz sustaining their momentum and finishing with a top three seed in the West? Remember top just yeah yeah just remember what we thought about the Suns a few weeks ago and how perceptions can change in just a few short weeks so are you finish the season finish the season with a top three seed with it or quit it i'm with it man you know they're playing good basketball conley's playing his best basketball gobert's playing well donovan mitchell's not even playing his best basketball yet yeah he's wait till he he plays it so i'm with it i think i think the jazz are there they finally healthy got other people bogdanovich there yeah. And you know Clarkson having playing good basketball as well. I think I think they're going to stay at top. You know I think it's going to be a shuffle between the Clippers, Lakers, and Jazz for top three up there. But I don't think they're outside the top three. But so I'm with it. I'm with it on that. Sweet. All right. Okay. So for you, my friend, the first question <laughs> that I have for you okay. is NCAA related. Okay. Are you with it? Or are you going to quit it? That the Texas Longhorns, the men, make the Elite Eight in March Madness. 
I'm with it. I mean, it just depends. The, the just depends on the seating and and what kind of matchups they get. Uh, but I, you know, especially if they they hold that momentum and stay on the two line, you know, they're looking at uh, you know right now at least. You go back and look at uh, what's kind of projected at this moment. The toughest team that they would see, you know, looking at like a, maybe a Florida in the second round, uh, mm-hmm. and then you know they got they'd have maybe Ohio State in the Sweet 16 if if uh, if they made it that far, which I think they can. I absolutely think that uh, at least you know going off of you know kind of what we see at the moment uh, with bracketology i think it's absolutely possible and i'm absolutely with it that texas depending upon the matchup could absolutely make it the elite eight this year that is interesting yeah okay okay all right drew we're gonna stick around and, and keep it on the ncaa for this next question okay. but instead of texas making a deep run i've got a question does kentucky through the wildcats Miss the NCAA tournament this year? Are you gonna with it? Are you with it or are you gonna quit it? I'm with it, bro. I think this is one of the years that they just they're not with it themselves. So I just I think this is that year they miss it. They get a reality check. You know, they go get some top recruits and then you know they they prepare for next season. This is not it for them. They don't need to be thinking that they're gonna be a championship. You know, keep trying to win games, obviously, but I, I don't think they make it. Uh, it just depends, you know, if everybody else, you know, slumps up to where, you know, Kentucky has a chance to pass them, you know, then maybe they snatch that opportunity. But just from my point of view right now, I am with it that they don't make the tournament. Yeah, I mean, if if it would have been a whole lot different if they'd gotten to play that Texas game and if they'd won, then they would have had some momentum. But right now, I, I absolutely don't see them making it. Okay. Number two for you, Mr. BJ. Are you with it or are you going to quit it? The the Las Vegas Aces are the title favorites in 2021. Well, we kind of already touched on this just a you know earlier in the show, but I'm I'm with it. I think I'm absolutely with it that it's it's right now they've got to be the early favorites. Now we'll see how the rest of free agency plays out for for Vegas and and for some of the other teams, but you know I'm 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 with it. I'm definitely with it. The Vegas is the favorite. Okay. Nice. All right, Drew. Going back to the NBA for question number three. NBA. The Miami Heat, the defending Eastern Conference champions, don't make the playoffs this year. With it or quit it? Oh. Don't make the playoffs? Mm -hmm. Okay, so out of the eight seed right now, they are a game and a half. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna I'm gonna quit it on that one. I think the Heat, I think the Heat are gonna get it done. Bam is playing crazy. Jim Jimmy is healthy now. You know it's early. They're, like I said, only a game and a half back from playoff contention. You know, looking at it right now, it's they're only two two and a half games back from the sixth seed where the Atlanta Hawks are which are just a game or two below those top seats. So it's really close out there. So I think they're going to make it. I think they're going to I think they're gonna make the playoffs. They're not going to, you know, be a finals team that wasn't even supposed to be there and not make the playoffs the next season. I think they're going to make it. They may not be a high seed this year, though. I think, this, I, think I gave them a five seed before the season began. I think they're probably going to be closer to, like, seven maybe going into these playoffs. But I'm going to quit it. I think they're going to make it. 
Interesting. All right. All right. Shifting gears back to the NBA, where we currently are. <laughs> BJ. Miles, are you, are you with it? Or are you going to quit it? That Miles Turner for the Indiana Pacers wins the Defensive Player of the Year award. I'm gonna quit it. Oh, okay. I mean, okay. he's a, he's a good pick. He's, I mean, I, I just, I don't think he's gonna get enough attention to, to win it. I think you know there's there's a lot of focus on Anthony Davis. There's a lot of focus on, on Giannis. I think Miles Turner may very well be the best you know defender, this season. But I just don't know if he'll win the award. It'll be interesting yeah. to see. I'm gonna say quit it. Let me toss you a nugget of information about Miles Turner. He is leading the NBA currently in blocks per game at, wait for it, wait for it, 3.9. So nearly four blocks a game is pretty good. Just under four blocks yeah. a game. It's, it's, it's going to, I think, I think it's going to be a, a close race at the end of the year. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Now we're going to, we're going to actually literally shift gears this time <laughs> going back to our ncaa but on the women's side for mr bj here all right all right are you with it or are you gonna quit it that charlie collier is a top three pick in the wnba draft this year i'm with it i not not um I'm, and I'm, I hate to pull, peel back the curtain a little bit. I need to do some more research on, on uh, before you know going into the WNBA draft. But I, I definitely think that uh, she could be one of the top three talents taken in the WNBA draft. So without, without knowing more than just that alone, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm with it. All right, Drew, I'm going to give you yet another NBA question here, number four. All right. Are you with it? Or... Is it number four? Yeah, this is number four for me, at least. So we got... What? You started before me. How was I on my fourth descent? That's weird. You, you, you just... You went, you went back to back. My bad. <laughs> it's you all good. Back to back. It's, it's all good. It's all good. All right, so num number four. Uh, with it or quit it, that half of the East playoff teams come from the Atlantic. Oh. So taking four out of eight. Oh, shoot. Hold on. <laughs> I don't I, actually I, know what all teams about, are in the Atlantic. I, I was about to say, you got uh, Philadelphia, Boston, okay. Brooklyn, New York, and I think um, Washington, I'm pretty sure, is the other team. No, it's Toronto. Oh, no. It's Toronto. It's Toronto. Sorry. Um, man, I that's mean, close. It's... You know, Knicks, Knicks have been kind of cold as late. I think I'm... Ugh, I think I'm with it, bro. I think the only outlier right now is... Well, there's technically two. Knicks and Raptors. Raptors yeah. But Raptors, you know, you know, champions just a couple of years ago, man. Mm. They still got a lot of the players on those teams. Kyle's still out there. Fred Van Vliet, Siakam, uh, Boucher out there is playing yeah. good basketball this season. So I think I think they'll squeak up in there and be a top seed to go to the playoffs yeah. where they belong. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think, you know, I think the Cavaliers end up maybe outside looking in. You know, Miami Heat jump up. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, but you know, Knicks. I don't know if they make it either. I mean, they've oh, they've man, been they, that's tough. They've been cold. At four I and think, eight. I think I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna quit it that they all make it. Okay. I'm gonna quit it. That was a tough one. Yeah, I was just saying, I mean, you know, just a game and a half out of uh, the eighth seed are both the Knicks and the Raptors. And, I mean, you you take a couple of losses, turn them into wins for the Knicks since they've been four and eight in the time since our last episode. You know, and they definitely be in right now. So it'll be interesting to see. But, I I mean, it's tough to from one division to have, you know, half of the team. So I'm I'm with you. I think uh, I don't think it's going to happen. And my last question for you, going back to NCAA Drew. The SEC and the Big 12 each send six teams to the NCAA tournament. Are you with it or are you going to quit it? I'm with it, man. You know, this is this is possible in this unprecedented season. You know, our teams are playing and some teams are playing, you know, irregular of themselves being you know, typically winning teams, top teams, and not doing that. So this season, I think it's very possible you can have that this season i'm with it i'm with it on that definitely right now as of um current breakdown of the 68 on espn.com's bracketology that he's got seven from the big 12 and six from the sec coming in so seven. yeah See, so it'll be interesting to see. yeah and lastly but oh, he's number five for mr bj and we're shifting gears back to the NBA. Now this one's this one's uh this one's this one's good. Okay. Dallas Mavericks. Are you with it? Are you gonna quit it that the Dallas Mavericks miss the playoffs? The way they've been playing, I'm with it. It's I hate to say it. I hate to I hate oh. to say, I hate I hate to say it, but Drew, they they choked away again and lost another one to the Suns. That losing streak has gone to six now. And if they don't figure out something, you know, real quick, then... Did they lose it, tonight? Yeah. They just lost oh, by, by, a, by a single point. They were leading late in the fourth oh, and lost. Goodness. So, it's... I'm, I'm, I hate that because I'm, you know, I love Luka and I, I really want them to be capable of making a, a deep playoff run. But, yeah. Six, six would... in a row. Oh man, I'm with it. I'm, I hate oh, I hate boy. to say it, but I'm with it. Dang. Yeah, that's tough, man. Oh, maybe the Mavericks will figure it out. Well, you we know, have. They just gotta gotta put together some things that work. You know, Cleaver coming back is it obviously helped because they almost beat the Suns yeah. tonight. The Suns are also without Devin Booker, so. That's another thing, but they've also beat us without Devin Booker before at yeah. full strength. So it's just sun syndrome at this I, point. I'm, just, I'm t- when we I'm play t- Phoenix, just chalk it up as an L, no matter what I'm, season it is. I'm, I'm, even if it was the 2011 champs from back in the day, I'm, I'm t- just chalk I'm, it up as an L. I'm telling you, it's it's because we won won the Western Conference Championship in their building. You know, we we can't we can't yeah, get but, rid of the sun syndrome and. Until we let them win a Western Conference championship in our building, I'm telling you. <laughs> uh, I hate that. I hate that I'm with it. I hate that. I really do. And I, I know people are going to give me a lot of flack for it. Yeah, people are going to people are going to judge you. You might you might you they might mess with your rating, isn't it? 
Get him out of here. I'm gonna what do you do to my Mavericks? Hashtag I'm, MFFL for life. I'm, I'm going to get negged, but I, I, gotta, I can't, you know, there's something's got to be done in order for me not to, to believe that they can still make a playoff run as tough as the West is. Something has to be done indeed. And, you know, when it's going to happen, I don't know. Next season. <laughs> oh, God, it needs to happen now, man. You got to keep the superstar happy. Yes, sir. He's angry right now. Yes, sir. Well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you guys for joining us today here for another episode of The Lowdown, episode five in here today. Crazy to think we're halfway to ten episodes wow. for The Lowdown so far, man. It's crazy. Uh, great, you know, great experience being on this show, having this show, doing it with you now, my brother. Great to have these, great to have these moments and get these get these things in. Hey, thank, thanks, wow. for, thanks for having me be a part of it. I've enjoyed myself and... and if I keep if I keep saying stupid stuff like that, I don't know how many more episodes you're gonna invite me back on for. <laughs> Get out of here, bro. <laughs> Shout out to all our people on Facebook coming through during the live stream today, uh, being talkative in chat, asking some questions. Uh, we got to incorporate that today. We appreciate you guys in attendance today. Uh, this has been the Lowdown Sports Show, Episode 5, talking all things WNBA, NBA, and NCAA. We're going to catch you guys next time as we delve into something different. All three things maybe this time. Maybe we'll do this again. Who knows? We'll just have to stick around and see for Episode 6 coming up next time. This has been the Lowdown Sports Show, Episode 5.